0: From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew
1: Bound.
0: Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. This is the best beer show on the internet. Hello. All right, we also have uh, Katie and Gordon back again this week. How's it going? Hello. Uh, yep, no, yeah, because, uh, yeah, no, And we definitely came back another week. Yeah, no, no, it? yeah. So, yeah. yeah. How, how was your week? Back. Oh, it was great. It was, great. <laughs> it was good, fantastic. Good. Mine, mine was great, too. <laughs> <laughs> Come up with something to say. All right. Um, yeah, so ad reads here. The American Homebrewers Association does a lot of support home support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us during the AHA. We'll give you discounts at the homebrew shops and select tap rooms as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. Uh, just a quick uh, little side note there. Uh, the latest issue of Zymergy came out, and they did something I was very surprised about. They released an entire article on adding THC to beer. Which I thought was like way out there. Yeah,
2: it was funny. You actually talked about this, uh, or we did.
0: uh, Yeah, we did the other night. Yeah, Yeah. the other
2: night. And uh, you were talking about how, you know, like dosing it It just sounds like it's going to cost a shitload of money. I mean, if you're trying to get like a true, you know, five five to ten milligram into the dosage uh, that you normally would on like a... Uh, like an edible or something along those mm-hmm. lines and then what I thought you were talking about which it sort of surprised me is that you know what with, with uh, you know modern uh, cans how they work there's absolutely a plastic liner in the can mm-hmm. so yeah uh, that being said what I had read was that the the material that that the in the liner is is sucking the uh, the THC into it which is actually kind of Cutting the the potency properties of the um, you know the THC uh, uh, product in a can.
0: Interesting. Yeah, kind of a it's, bummer. Yeah, no, it's yeah. I like I, I was just I was uh, it's uh, it's very interesting because it's like it's all fat soluble, but you're trying to put it in a water soluble product like you know like it's beer. It's yeah.
2: Yeah, we had looked into a CBD beer, but then just, it's, I don't know that maybe the, the technology is too. It's too expensive. You know, right now at the moment, or it's just you know it. It just didn't work for us from a batch cost uh, uh, standpoint. Uh, worked with a really great uh, company to kind of develop a full spectrum product to put into it, uh, but in the end, uh, just was wasn't. It just yeah. cost too much.
3: So, so you, tra- I know Hemper has their CBD IPA, and Some that's bottles. Uh, yeah, right. two. Uh, so, but that I mean that's. About as dank as you can fucking get with CBD. That beer smelled like swag to me. Yeah, it got me pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> I had a six-pack break open in my trunk, and then I was Man. speeding and pulled over. Sir, step out of the car. I'm like, it, it's it's beer. Boy, is this an Amory? Uh, no, on eight out towards Ladysmith area. Oh, that
0: makes sense. Oh, were you Norda 8 there, bud? <laughs> I was on 8. Nope. <laughs> like on uh,
2: Easter West, man. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, uh, and then a quick shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patron, Andy Thompson and Devin Stinson. If you'd like to be as awesome as our patrons, head over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. You get access to, I mean, you get to see this live. You can see all of our our beautiful faces right now. Uh, you get to vote on the horrible things that happened to the Legends of Lothos. Um, you're gonna get access to uh, some tabletop theater stuff. Oh, a bunch of stuff. Go check that out. It's a lot of fun. And if you can do any Amazon shopping, head over to blindnewstudios.com, click on the Amazon the bar of our homepage, or use the uh, use the trick that we always did to our grandmothers, and just change their uh, their Amazon link so it goes through our affiliate link, uh, and then every time they double click on that Amazon icon on their desktop, we get paid, um, and you get Christmas presents. I'm guessing I don't, or birthday presents now. We're past Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah I, it's birthday time. All right, Uh, so we're doing a bit of a throwback this week. We are going back, way back to the Every Style Challenge. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's it's been a hot minute, Um, so we're gonna do that in a minute. Uh, But first, Brian, what have you been up to? Be related lately?
2: Let me think. Uh, We are getting into, uh, we are in fully in uh, stout season, uh, Russian Imperial Stout type stuff. Uh, this week we will be at the brewery we will be blending i'm sorry we'll be tasting and then blending uh all of our barrel age product over the year uh there are a couple of barrels that uh, we kind of let ride from last year that just weren't quite ready uh we'll say that we've had the best results with uh that's a name drop too hard but have had more luck with four roses bourbon barrels than pretty much anything else it's uh, I think a flavor we can all agree on at the brewery. Uh in any case. Uh there are are many types of barrels out there, but it's kind of always a crapshoot. So uh it will be cool to taste all that stuff this week, blend it and package it and then get ready for our barrel age festival, which is on February twenty.
0: Ninth? Ninth. Yeah, I'm Eighth? camping that day.
2: You're you're camping in February?
0: Yeah. You don't know winter camp, man? Psychic I camp. haven't winter
2: camped Ooh. for years, but I definitely have winter camped. I love the winter camping. It, There's it, no snakes and bugs. You, when, when you're camping, everything takes twice as long. When you're winter camping, everything takes four times as
1: long. Yeah. And, that's and you're cold.
0: how it goes. Yeah, but the fire's so much better. True. Uh, what about you, man? Uh, Yeah, so uh, I brewed again. Yeah, that's right. I, I did a stout. Yeah. I brewed twice, so I had things to talk about. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so uh, I actually did a, uh, I, I pulled a, uh, our Every Style Challenge Irish uh, Irish Stout recipe out, um, which is. That w- was a rebrew? That was one of. No, this was not a rebrew one, I don't think.
2: Oh. Yeah. We j-
0: just wanted to make it again. I just, I was like, I want a 4% stout on. Got it. Um, Yeah. So it is. Gordon's over there shaking his head. Uh, Because
3: I found it is scientifically impossible for me to get drunk on anything under five percent.
0: No, that's that's not how science works. (sighs) It is. Look at Casey has three
2: computers in (laughs) front of him. I had nine
0: thousand nine hundred other uh, control subjects.
3: You
2: have zero
0: computers. Casey has three. Technically, (laughs) I have five. Is your, is your phone there? Is oh, no, no, no. I mean, oh. there's a Mac Mini over yeah. here running this, and then there's another streaming machine over here. Insane. So.
3: No, I, had, I had 24 yinglings, which come in at, <sighs> I think, right on the money at 5%, and wasn't even buzzed.
0: Lunatic. <laughs> Alcoholic. <laughs> um, Professional. Yeah, these are all words for the same thing. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, recipe. I did uh, 63% uh, crisp uh, two-row. Uh, or I guess crisp pale um, and then it was 12% uh, roasted barley and was it 25% flake barley so very simple uh, and then I did um, what is that 36 IBUs of EKG at 60 minutes mm-hmm. and then um, I this one I'm fermenting with the Omega Irish Ale yeast Goodness. which I have not used so I'm kind of excited for yeah. that sounds Neat.
1: good Yeah.
0: It was, uh, yeah. Gordon was here for most of the brew day. That Mm -hmm. was fun. Did he help? I was emotional.
3: I I dumped the hops in at the 60 minute. He did. He did while I was cleaning. The rest is just emotional support. I needed it. (laughs) Oh, my.
0: (laughs) It was a rough morning. I hear you, yeah, uh besides that uh not much not much oh i, I blended the uh the sours that were yeah we're about today.
2: sitting here uh to my right, there are a couple of dubious looking jars,
0: yeah, well, you know if it if it's not in a jar, it's not legit well, it might be it might be piss I mean maybe yeah. i if I'm really dehydrated, <laughs> I guess I don't all right, uh, yeah, no. so uh, we are talking about uh, the Lambic and kind of the Goose today. Um, so we're going to start with the Lambic, and so for those of you who don't remember, uh, we will kind of go over the BJCP guidelines and then decide whether it fits within style or not. Uh, these are uncarved because I didn't have enough to blend and do that so you've got here if you can't see on the camera to my
2: farthest left this is our blend yep uh this is three year and this I'm is just a- gonna guess the darker one is a seven year yep okay yeah okay cool uh but what we're talking about here today is would be from the 2015 style guideline working at looking at 23d lambic uh so uh, should Would we pour you? and then chit-chat, or should we you um, you, s- start you, reading?
0: Uh, start pouring. I'll uh, right. give the recipe quick. Sounds good. And um, what do you want to start with? Uh, let's, let's start with the lambic, right. and then we'll go from there. Uh, I figure we'll try them both separately and then try the blend. Um, yeah, so this was a very simple recipe. It was 60% uh, Belgian pilsner um, and then 40% uh, unmalted wheat. Uh, hop-wise. Uh, hop- oh, so... Hops, um, I used one year uh, one year old aged whole cone hops um, and then or oh was it one or was it three? Oh, they were old they were old whole cone. Okay. Um, and then I used the uh, Y yeast uh, Belgian lambic blend for the yeast.
3: Oh, thank you. All right, um, so we're all sitting on yep. a little glass. So what of this we're here. looking for
0: here is a fairly sour, often moderately funky wild Belgian wheat beer with sourness taking the place of hop bitterness in the balance. Traditionally spontaneously fermented in Brussels area and served uncarbonated. The refreshing acidity makes for a very pleasant cafe drink. So I mean, we're doing it right. It's uncarbed. Yeah, I think uh from an old hop like aged hop standpoint,
2: I I think what I'm getting here is a little bit almost like a, there's a little mint
1: on top or uh yeah, definitely some mint.
2: Yeah, very quite like sour certainly. Um, uh, this is un uh, uncarbonated, but this style certainly should be served uncarbonated or carbonated very lowly, um, and like he said, refreshing acidity.
0: Um, yep. Our aroma, we're looking for something decidedly sour. Um, that's often dominant in young examples, but becomes more subdued with age as it blends with the aromas described as barnyard, earthy, goaty, hay, horsey, horse blanket. Um, a mild citrus fruity aroma is considered favorable. Um, an enteric smoky cigar-like or cheesy aroma is unfavorable. Yeah, I'm not getting any of those things, though. So that's fine. How
1: old is this beer?
0: Uh, three, about three years. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then what type of vessel was this in? Then? Uh, glass carboy. Okay, got it. So You wouldn't have any wood character in this. Yeah, um, yeah. But there's almost a my maybe wormwood or like a it's very there's there's definitely a solventy feel um and i' be almost getting a a a smidge of band aid um
1: yeah i was gonna mention band aid yep
2: and that i think that's kind of kind of pulling together with the um Solventy, but then there's like old hop mint. Um, yep. Mm. Yep. Uh, pretty, pretty heavy band aid.
0: All right, uh, and then appearance: uh, pale yellow to deep golden in color. Age tends to darken. Clarity is hazy to good. Younger mm-hmm. versions are often cloudy, while older ones are generally clear. White colored head generally has poor retention. Um, I mean, patented beer light. It's got some cloud. There's a there Definitely is a bit cloudy. of fruity flavor. Um
2: it, it does verse into almost the complex uh but it's probably more apple. Um
0: not really necessarily green but kind of getting there. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean I, I don't know if there's a ton more to say about this one. No smoke, no cigar. No smoke, uh, no cigar. Uh, the band aid is the only like big off flavor I'm getting. Yeah. Is is definitely dry as hell. Well, which is kinda what you expect with a lambic. Yeah. There's yeah, no, so, uh, I feel like I'm just eating saltines. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that's that one. Do you wanna you wanna pour the other one? So this one, um, I actually didn't brew. I inherited it in a fermenter from another home brewer. He was like, I don't want this. You take it. Mm. Um, so this is, uh, I, I think he like characterized it as a sour saison. Um, yeah, that one got a little full. Uh, it's definitely darker in color than than the other. And ah. Kissy. Thank you. All right,
2: well I managed to get that all over the table and myself.
0: Right. Uh, this one is a lot more um, like lactic acid forward mm-hmm. than the than the than the last one. Still a bit of Band-Aid Whoa. Yeah.
2: This is a lot more depth of of character. Uh from a sour standpoint. Um say hay uh a well developed well developed fruit. Um it's less solventy, uh, so that's, you know, I mean, not that we're talking about the same yep. uh, sample here, but um, it is certainly less Band-Aid, a little bit more of that, like, uh, horsey wet blanket. Um,
0: and I have guess. a very hard time getting over the tartness <laughs> and then tasting anything else.
2: How you doing over there, Gordon? Man, it is almost like an unsweetened. Um, wow, and there's just like a smidge of bread, way at the end. Um, but boy, I feel like if you put like a like a nice syrup in here, this this would mm. this would work extremely well. Um, I definitely like
3: this one more than the first. Mm-hmm. Kind of remind the this one reminds me a little bit more. You do a lambic. I don't know how many years ago, but you gave me a little 12-ounce bottle of it. Oh, yeah, that like one. coined Lemon Drop, where yep. that was like that lemon hard candy mm-hmm. tart, where this, was like that but mellowed out, where it just doesn't make your whole face kind of suck into itself.
2: Yeah, because there's a, a bit of fruit, and then mm-hmm. it, it sort of leaves me wanting for it to be just a, a little bit sweeter. Um, just
0: a little something
2: more on yeah, it. That's yeah, that's me, but um, I think this, this is a, a quite a solid base.
1: Yeah, I think that this beer is, if it was carbonated, it would be a delicious, mm-hmm. refreshing beer. But it also has a bit of body to it as well. You know, it isn't just thin. It's not thin at all. Mm-hmm. It's good.
2: I'm catching, like I said, I'm catching bread at the end. So it, to me that, I know it chew, it's it been chewing for a long time, uh, but uh, there's there's still a good residual. There's still something there, yeah. Body. And so how can we... You know, how can we get a good body in a beer like this? Would be, you know, what mashing higher?
0: Yeah, but even that's not necessarily going to give you the good body in it because, mm-hmm. like, the bread is going to tear apart those long chain sugars. Mm-hmm. So, how can you guarantee a big or more body in a beer like this? Step, or mash higher,
1: or lots of adjuncts, or <laughs> lots of, yeah, that yeah, uh-huh.
0: wheat, yeah, um, yeah. This is this is very nice. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I guess we got one more to try here, the blend. See if we see if Carlos and I did an okay job or not. <laughs> oh, and so this this is the first time I've actually blended. It was it was fun. Hmm. To sit there and be like, I'm going to screw one of these up. Mm-hmm. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> it's a great aroma on this.
2: Oh so, gosh, yeah, it's a, it's a combination of the two. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <sighs> hmm.
2: Okay. Uh, I'm getting like a cider-like quality out of this blend, and I think that might be part of the little bit more apple from the from n- the, the newer the one, newer one. Um, and then the older one I think if i were to blend yeah. this i'd go a little heavier on well the
0: honestly what i should have done one. is before i blended these i should have brewed a new one um like because usually what they'll do is they'll do a young I'm one three five old, yeah one three five uh-huh. um and i had the three and the five yeah. but i didn't have the one so and that would have added some sweetness
1: I, I like the, the barnyard aroma of this beer, of this blend, I guess. Um, and the, f- the flavor is good, but I get that Band-Aid from that first beer. Yeah. Uh, that's tough.
0: All right. I don't know if we have anything else to talk about. I didn't plan very ha- much Did on this one. We have...
2: We do have that listener mail. I mean that, that We might, do have
0: that. We can dive into that. Might be
2: something to 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 dump on should, everyone.
0: Should we should we do that? Yeah, why not? All right. So we have a mail from uh, Bjorn Bjornson. Uh one of our favorites. One of our favorites. I'm the other favorite Bjorn. taken. Nope. I mean <laughs> You can keep telling yourself that, Gordon. <laughs> so Bjorn
2: Bjornsen is is another. He is one of our patrons as well.
0: That was all right. <laughs> See you later. This is Gordon walking out he of the is studio. done. He's like, I don't want to deal with this. All right. Um, so this question is about uh, check premium uh, lager mash pH. Um, it's winter and logger brewing uh, season for many of us. I like the convenience of a nice cold. Uh, of nice cold tap water making the chilling of the water, uh easier. Every time I brew any kind of beer I always do at least some research. There always seems to be something new, something I've forgotten, or something overlooked I've been in. Uh, uh, I found a homebrew con seminar from years back about Pilsner or Cal. I'm not brewing a clone by any means, but it is interesting to understand the process and techniques used to brew the benchmark of the style. One unusual thing they do uh, brewing Pilsner or is to mash at a mash pH of 4.5 to 4.7. This, they claim, is making a more crisp beer without adding minerals to the water. What are your thoughts on this low a mash pH and the purported benefits? The only thing I could find in the literature on mashing with low pH is what George Fix uh, writes in Principles of Brewing Science. In practical brewing conditions, the enzymes uh, activities do not decrease by much of the pH levels are more acidic. On the other hand, there is a there is typically a sharp decrease in the enzymes activity if the pH becomes more basic. So basically he's asking, is there an issue with dropping your mash pH lower than like that? What is it? It's like 5.2. 5.2. 2 to 6.
2: 2 seven. It's,
0: it, and, and as, as close to 6. 2 to 7. The closer you get to base,
2: the worse off you're going to be. Um, but, I mean, maybe you want to be closer to base for less, you know, less uh, conversion or less enzymatic reaction. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want more body. Uh, but just keep in mind, don't confuse the function of brewing salts. So if you're using a liquid acid or an acid malt to control the mash pH, uh, you're not using salts to do that. Uh, calcium salts are going to lower the pH to some degree. Um, through like a, the precipitation of the phosphates, uh, you know how that works. But the the effect is pretty slight. Uh, so with salts, as long as uh, as long as you have the minimum recommended calcium, you don't really need to do anything. Um, but beyond that, the main reason uh, they're used to contribute flavor ions. So.
1: Yes, and and you know, you if you were to if you take take calcium chloride and smell it, and it has it's it smells. Weird. It smells gross, in my opinion. Yeah. You add too much of that to your beer, and you're gonna that your beer's that, gonna smell like that or taste like it. It actually, from you know, uh, I'm I'm saying this from from a friend of mine. She told me this story once mm-hmm. that she. No, I'm kidding. It was me. Uh, <laughs> I I added too much calcium chloride to a, a a very light beer, and it tasted like ham water. It was it was, <laughs> gross, you know. So there's a, there's a minimum or there's a maximum threshold of. Especially calcium chloride, and I suppose gypsum and all the other ones are the same. But you you don't want to be adding too much of that to adjust mash pH. They can, yeah. as Brian said, it it can help to a certain amount, but you you're gonna want to switch to acid malt or or just, or just
2: acid. Literally a jug of lactic. Yeah, uh, yeah. for
1: phosph- You know, is it phosphorus or phosphorus? Yeah. Phosphoric. Phosphor- I mean, some, some of that can get a little shady in my opinion because I think that adds some flavors too. Yeah but. we
2: worry about using a lactic to lower the pH because of the lactic flavor but like if you think about it I'm, I'm using my fingers to show like a very tiny amount of, of this will uh, adjust your mash like, match pH a ton. Uh, I don't find any problem mashing that low but it 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 perks up my paranoid a like spidey warning, warning sense. brewer
1: yeah. senses. Yeah. I mean I think with a with that with that style of beer keep keep the mash pH closer to 5.2. Yeah. Keep your mash temperature lower like you know 148 149 so yeah. you're going to end up with a really dry beer yep. and you know don't you know y- you use your hops in a way that you're not getting a you know a hop Dominance, but it's sort of helping kind of make that beer crisp and dry. And yeah, you're they're get a better product.
2: So, I, I think what Katie and I are trying to build on here is that um, if, if you're looking to make, like, what was Bjorn looking to make a check? Uh, a check pills. pills. So, he's talking about like the crisp, crispness of it. Mm-hmm. I, my spidey senses are tingling going any lower than your normal 5 2 it's, mash temp. Yeah. they what Katie was getting at and what I'm getting at is there are ways to make your beer crisp without uh, fucking around with the and, mash temp.
1: And the other thing you could do is try to emulate
2: mash pH, I'm sorry. Emulate
1: the water. You could you could split your water with, you know, 50% RO water. Mm-hmm. That would definitely help. Keep it crisp and, and you know, light that, that, that you know, he, like he said, he's not trying to emulate Pilsner or Quell, but it's Right. you know that's those are these things those are the things that they were they were doing for that beer to make it what it is
2: yeah, i mean and you're not going to find very solid advice on on like flavor ion levels because uh, there's not really any solid advice out there it, so the ratio of chloride to sulfate plays uh, some role uh but the absolute levels uh, of each of these ions are also important um, but the rule of thumb is to accentuate maltiness and roundness um that you want at a moderate level of chloride uh, and not much sulfate, um, and then to accept accent like bitter, hot bitterness, and and if you wanted to go more crisp, I think you'd probably talk about sulfate. So, um,
1: mm-hmm. or again, ma- mash pH or does, just mash pH and and, and
2: temp. Uh, you know, we one... say more alcohol, less temp. But um, if you pull your grain bill back, you know yeah. there's yeah,
0: you know so yeah no I mean it's it's all a balance. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out what what you're doing, yeah. but yeah, no, I I, I think I agree. Dropping that, dropping especially that low four five is a significant drop from five two. Yes, like I'd be worried about what that's gonna do to the final beer.
2: Yeah, and I mean honestly, Bjorn, uh, make a split batch or do two nineteen liter batches, and I, mean, I can't remember what what size How is many Bjorn
0: is tw- nineteen liters five gallons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember, does
2: Bjorn brew on nineteen liter batches or I
0: I can't I I can't I think he's using like something like a grain father or something, so I think that so. all right. All right, yeah, yeah.
2: Bjorn give us a shout I can't remember, but if, if you want, do it do, do a split batch, tell us how it goes. Uh mash one low, mash one high. Um, but keep all the same parameters, water profile, etc. Uh so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mahar.
2: You look confused.
0: Well, no, I oh, oh, that's right. I because <laughs> you wow. walked
3: away. Yeah, sorry. For emergency. <laughs> uh, I can't remember if you answered my question or not uh, about general rule of thumb on how often you should clean your lines as a home brewer because that popped up.
2: Clean your... Oh, your uh, beer lines? Beer lines. Because oh, so stuff starts to grow in your... You know, we've talked about this a, a lot of yeah. different times, but stuff starts to grow in your beer lines at 11 days. Um, so the general rule of thumb is, you know, to get a company out to clean your lines, it's every fourteen days. Um, if you as a home brewer want to do it yeah. at eleven days, it's yeah. I usually cool. like I try to
0: clean my lines, like run sani through them. Or I would say if your lines are week. that short, just <laughs> just replace,
3: replace it. it. Well, I just had the same same craft beer bar with three different beer, uh, breweries all have sour off flavors to them. And the first time it happened, I thought it was the brewery because for me that particular brewery is notorious for not being able to brew a beer. <laughs> but then, all of a sudden, Guinness came in and it had green apple flavor to it. And like that's doesn't happen with Guinness. That seems kind of weird, and that's yeah. why I started to think maybe it'd it's be a line, a line. or yeah. a faucet or yeah,
0: or they had yeah. a sour on right before that. He did, but not
3: on the Guinness line. That happened. That was the okay. third
0: one. Was it a nitro line? <laughs> Is there a non Guinness or a non Nitro Guinness I line? I don't, I don't think so. I don't but no, think it, I've yeah, ever seen. His Nitro line had Guinness, and then
2: there's two others. Yeah,
0: then On they need to be three separate occasions,
3: like mo- a month or more apart from each mm-hmm. other. That yeah. they were these yeah. three breweries with sour
2: notes to open. Yeah, you've you've got a a devil of a time convincing some bars to pay for someone to clean their lines every two weeks because uh, it's just more money to pay in, in, a, in a high overhead type of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. That being said, yeah, uh, the reticence to, to, to clean it every two weeks is, is certainly there.
1: Or, as a prac, I mean, you or you could do it like in between kegs at the very least. Yeah.
2: if you've got your own line cleaning equipment, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. Like as a home brewer, mm-hmm. just buy some beer line cleaner.
0: Yeah, or I mean, shove yeah, it just in that replace, corny keg. Yeah. And I would
2: certainly if you're, especially if you're um, trying to enter into competitions and you're um, trying to package off of. Uh, literally anything for sure
1: just clean your lines before you package that for sure
0: all right that's it should we get out of here yeah all right i say we get out of here we have way more shows to do (laughs) (laughs) it just makes you a little sad doesn't it all right uh here we go all right, guys, thanks for tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what I have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback.avlinersstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com. Or follow us on Twitter, Ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.